Well, good morning and uh, welcome to the Global Church Podcast. And Scott and I were gone last week. We were at the uh, DGC uh, 20 conference in uh, Denton, Texas. And so good to be back with you all again uh, today. And we have some uh, guests with us, uh, Joe and Rachel. You guys were with us a couple a couple weeks ago, maybe six weeks or so ago now. And so we just wanted to have uh, Joe and Rachel back with us again today to uh, catch up and hear how their plans are coming as you guys are getting ready to uh, go to Thailand. Excited for you guys. Uh, we will miss you, but we're excited uh, for you all and you know what it is that God has uh, in store for you and then in the ministry in the future as the years roll on um, over there. So uh, last time you shared uh, a little bit about what God, uh, what work you're going to be involved in, the background of all that. And um, so just catch us up on um, kind of where where are you in terms of uh, when are you wanting to leave how are the plans coming for leaving? What what things are you working on? What things do you still need to work on? So, yeah, yeah. How are things with 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 the plans coming? Yeah, well, yeah. Thanks for having us back on here. And a um, uh, lot has changed in the last uh, since we were on here, and okay. also not very much. So, okay. <laughs> um, that's why we wanted you back. Yeah. So uh, Rachel's parents came back stateside. Um, in the the beginning of January, and they brought with them um, our visa paperwork from the church there in Bangkok. Um, so that that paperwork we have to submit to the embassy here at some point um, once once we have a leave date, um, and then that will be applying for our three month month visa. Although I saw on the website for the embassy that there's potential for a year visa. Oh, and so I'm going to look into that that'd be nice. as well. That'd be really, really sure. cool. Um, but those, the visas, um, they will start to burn time as soon as uh, we receive them. So mm-hmm. we don't want to apply for them until we're closer to leaving. Um, so I see. So you want to get those like, almost like a, a week or two if yeah. possible before you go because if you get them a month or two out you've already used up a month or two of your visa yeah, yeah. i see yeah. okay i got you yeah so yeah that's that's neat just the the church there um because they they're they have a foundation kind of a focus on the family type foundation and so they're requesting for us to come volunteer for their foundation and that's how we'll get our visas um and so that's that's been really encouraging to us hearing from Rachel's dad how excited the church there is to have us come mm-hmm. and um it's just uh, there's s- d- several things involved there one the relationships that our parents and grandparents built there you know Rachel's grandparents um were missionaries there mm-hmm. um back in the 1950s mm-hmm. um all th- all the way to 2003 or 5 or something right and so the relationships that they have we get to inherit and benefit from those relationships um it's an honor and shame culture and so your identity and who who you are is very tied to relationship and so just as a child or grandchild of somebody that they know and they've had a good relationship we we automatically inherit um, mm-hmm. those relationships. And so it's just really neat how the Lord has gone before us in that way. Um, yeah. The, the pastor there, he has mentioned wanting to, um, some aspects of our language learning to tutor us personally. Um, he's, he, he's a very gifted speaker, um, really has a mastery of the Thai language mm-hmm. um, and understanding of... Um, uh, just just how the language works, which even though a Thai speaker may speak correctly, they're not going to have the the understanding of to be able to explain it and to articulate it. And so, but he does. And so he specifically said, "I want to, you know, be involved in in their language learning." Which 
Mm. Um, her dad was shocked by because he's he's so busy mm. with mm. with all of his, the ministry that he's involved in, and yet this is important to him and right. he's wanting to take it on. And so, right. um, just so really he's the pastor of the church mm-hmm. that has sent you the invitation to uh, to submit with your paperwork for the yeah. visas. Mm-hmm. And this church is in Bangkok, yeah, and that's where you're going to go uh, when you get there. That's yeah. where you're going to go first. Mm-hmm. And that's where you'll spend your time. Uh, uh, you already know Thai, yeah. but you'll you're going to bring it to its fullest yeah. of what it needs to be yeah. in order to you know be teaching and and, yeah. and w- at that level right. of what it needs to be. Yeah. So yeah. Um, so yeah. So then that relationship is one that uh, just as I'm understanding it clearly is one that is through your grandparents or your parents or both. Uh, my parents, they okay. were my parents' neighbors when my parents okay. went through Thai language study in yeah. 1988. So, yeah, yeah she that was Naomi's preschool back. teacher, yeah. right? Yeah, so I wasn't in the picture at the time, but my older sister, Naomi, um, yeah, that was her preschool teacher okay. and, and okay. their neighbors. So they yeah. developed a close bond during that time right. and have kept up through the years. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they've been a, um, a big help to my parents' ministry with the brew people in Thailand as well. Okay. Um, just with um, making trips out there and... Um, and building that relationship as well. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I remember Rachel and I lived in Thailand for a number of years, right when we got married. We homeschooled mm-hmm. you and your siblings. I think you were in fifth yeah. grade yeah. at the time. Yeah. So I remember your grandparents. Uh, yeah. We would go down to Mass and they were there uh, translating translating the Bible. Mm-hmm. So I remember, I remember them a long time since I've seen them. So that's something I wanted to talk about a little bit is uh, being a third generation missionary and a second generation missionary, what were some of the uh, pluses? Uh, what were some of the benefits of growing up overseas? And then what were some of the challenges mm-hmm. of, um, of growing up overseas for you all? Yeah, so one of the challenges, and this is ties into one of our um, prayers for our kids, um, and the church body's involvement in, in our kids is um, just, so just to get a little picture of what it's like you're living in a foreign country um, but having grown up there that feels like home you speak the language, you understand the culture but you look different mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so n- nobody there views you as, as, this, as the same um, you're not, that's not your home even though it feels like home. Hmm. Well, then you come back to the States and you look the same. And so everybody assumes that this is your home, but it doesn't feel like home. And so Hmm. there's aspects of not fitting in, whether it's how others perceive you or whether it's how you perceive yourself, there's aspects of not fitting in no matter where you are. Hmm. Um, You're kind of always in between two worlds. Yeah. So you're in Thailand, growing up in Thailand. Um, it's home, but you don't look, you don't look Thai, mm-hmm. obviously. <laughs> so um, somebody could view, see you and actually think you're a tourist mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. or, you know, or, you know, not somebody who's lived, who's grown up there and lived there for, mm-hmm. you know, 15, 20 years, like, like you guys did. That's interesting perspective, but inside of, your mind and your heart and your feelings and your thoughts it's home mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah that's interesting yeah yeah and then the flip side so then it flips around when you come here mm-hmm. hey these folks are they're american they talk like us they dress like us they must be yeah. from here and they must understand everything there's understand about america but yeah. but you understand everything is or for the yeah. you know a lot of what there's understanding about thailand yeah. about america just don't ask us anything about pop culture that we should know growing up because we probably <laughs> won't. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, and I, I remember specifically when we moved back, I was 18 and just going into a subway and ordering a sandwich was <laughs> was stressful and uh-huh. difficult because I'm not, I'm not prepared for the questions that they're going to ask me. I'm not prepared for... Sure. Even even what all of the vegetables are necessarily right, called. Right, like, right. Even though I know it and right. I speak English, but when they, you want onions on that, right? Uh, oh, yeah. What? Yeah, you know, yeah. you just 
you're just not prepared for it, right. and right. and you can't you can't anticipate the questions that people are going to ask. And yeah, yeah. so like uh, you know Henry and Calvin, they're 14 and 16, and so we go to Subway or Chipotle or one of those places, and you know we could kind of rattle that all rattle that off in our sleep. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's like yeah, ching 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 ching. We know what we want. Yeah, I, I certainly see your point. So. Uh, how about some benefits? That was um, that was a challenge, mm-hmm. um, you know, growing up there. How about what are some benefits of having grown up there? Yeah, I think directly related to that, um, and as much as we don't feel at home necessarily in either place, it's really given us a perspective of the kingdom of God and um, just a view of eternity that heaven is going to be home, and that's going to be so amazing because that might not be something we ever that feeling of belonging may not be something we fully experience here on earth. And that's, and that's a gift in a way. Um, and I think, yeah, just growing up and seeing our parents give their lives um, so that people would hear the gospel, it just showed us so clearly what was important. Not only were they teaching us about God and his word and the gospel, but they were living it out in front of us. And that's just so meaningful because yeah, you can tell your kids what's important, but like John Morrison likes to say, more is caught than taught. Mm-hmm. And so um, that was just such a clear, a clear presentation of the gospel to us. And we both were saved and matured in our faith right alongside of those baby churches. And um, that's just such a, a cool gift that we got to have. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and another thing that doesn't have it's not related to us being living there, but both of us, after graduating from high school, moved back to the States, got college degrees, and worked for four or five years before going into missionary training. And you, I mean, you just said, talking about our parents giving their lives to share the gospel, that time for us to be stateside working in jobs, realizing all the people here that are giving of their lives. Mm-hmm. For the sake of the gospel as mm-hmm. well, you know, supporting, supporting my parents and supporting, uh, you know, the church body coming together. Mm-hmm. I mean, giving of their lives on a daily basis um, to make that happen, um, and so we're blessed to see both sides mm-hmm. of that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So moving forward, um, having grown up there and having that experience, like you shared. And then being here for a period of time, what, how is that going to benefit you in a few months mm-hmm. when you're there? And then that's one question. And then, you know, your kids are going to grow up there. You grew up there. How does that, how do you see that working together in terms of raising your kids there? So, yeah. Yeah, I think just on a practical level, we learned a lot of life skills um, while we were here. Um, I worked as a nurse for a few years. Joel was a manager at Starbucks, and those are just really practical skills. And I think sometimes there's a misunderstanding of missions, and it's like anybody can be a missionary. Sure, God uses everybody, but at the same time, um, if you're going to be a surgeon, you go to school and you're trained for that. Um, and in the same way, we are we are doing surgery essentially um, on people's hearts and souls, mm-hmm. and obviously we're relying on the Holy Spirit in that. But at the same time, there's a it's important to be equipped properly and um, to have some of those life skills. And so um, we're just really thankful for the time that we had um, in secular jobs, and um, especially coming out of. Um, the missions community, just having that time in the real world, like Joel said, appreciating the people that uh, maybe aren't able to go themselves, but are working nine to five and um, putting food on the on the table for their families, and also just living out the gospel in in that context with their coworkers and with their family and in their in their communities, um, um, earning an appreciation for gaining appreciation for for those um, people, and also yeah, just those life skills I think have been important. Um, and then as far as raising our kids, kind of knowing, I think we can anticipate some of the challenges. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, um, I think it's just we've realized that our kids are the Lord's. And yes, we can prepare them for some situations, but we can't foresee everything that they're going to go through. And so the biggest thing that we can do is just really ground them mm-hmm. in the word of God and um, who he is and um, just pray for them and allow them to walk with God through through those challenges that they're going to face. And obviously, yeah, we can anticipate some of them and, and try to help them as best we can. But 
um, just realizing that um, we, we can't prepare for everything and there's a big mm-hmm. um, a big area that we can trust the Lord in. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. So your dad was here, your mom and dad were here, mm-hmm. um, your in-laws were here. Mm-hmm. Uh, are they still here? Did They're they go in back? Florida, okay. so here's relative. I guess. Yeah, so, yeah, they were here in Virginia. I know yes. you spent some time with them last week, mm-hmm. and so they're down in Florida, uh, probably in some meetings. I would, mm-hmm. I would think. Yeah. So, your dad, your dad's on field leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, so, spending the week with them last week, did it give any um, further direction, conversation, uh, specifics? in terms of what uh, you guys might be doing. Um, you know, once you're finished with language study and you land in a certain particular location, and, and if there wasn't any conversations, fine. I'm just wondering, yeah. you know, with him being here and being on field leadership, was there any conversations about specifics? Yeah, a little bit. And it's um, the opportunities are a mile wide. And so it's going to take it's going to take being on the ground, taking those first couple years while we're learning language to investigate, um, to check things out. And yeah, in our conversations with him this time, he kind of reiterated that again. Just man, there are so many opportunities. It's um, it's going to take time to figure out where the Lord is leading and what the Lord is doing, what direction He'd have you go. But I mean, really the the, po- the possibilities and opportunities are endless. Um, and so, yeah, we're, um, as, as we were talking about the church there, um, you know, they do a, a focus on the family type ministry. And so they, they have relationships and connections all across the country. And so, um, the, the people that are make up their church is, um, many many different tribal groups, and so there's there's connections to so many different millions of mm-hmm. tribal people, and so um, a lot of those first two years is going to be really exploratory of going into churches and seeing what they're like because there's the the Thai people are according to Joshua Project Project considered reached um, they they have the gospel, but some some of what I've heard from Rachel's dad is that when you go into these Thai churches, you realize that they don't even understand the gospel. They Thai people are predominantly Buddhist. Um, they say to be Thai is to be Buddhist, and so their identity is really connected to Buddhism. And so, um, and, and one of their main <laughs> worldview philosophies is Tam Di Dai Di, which means if you do good things, you will receive good. And so with that comes mm-hmm. this acceptance of, of anything. Um, I'm not going to tell you you're wrong because that would be doing, that would be putting shame on you. And so, so when, when Christians come with, with the gospel, there's this um, fake acceptance of it where they're, they're willing to go along with it and raise their hands at appropriate times and walk aisles at appropriate times mm-hmm. because they're not going to they're not going to say you're wrong and they're not going to um offend, uh, offend you mm-hmm. um but a clear understanding of the gospel is is it, not existent in a lot of a lot of those situations and so what they've found as they've investigated some of these churches they realize they need to be evangelized. Mm-hmm. They don't even understand the mm-hmm. gospel. They're meeting. They're meeting together. They're singing and they're they're reading God's word. But even that, uh, there's there's aspects of the Thai culture that is really cool in terms of um, their sacredness of of religion or um, because they they bring that sacredness <clears throat> into Christianity as well, which is some aspects of that is really cool. They. Um, like there's there's a hierarchy of language, and so originally when the Bible was translated, it was translated into a royal tie, okay. which is this sacred language, and so it really brought um, reverence. reverence to hmm. to God's word. But then the flip side of that, not many people understand it. You know, it's not okay. it's not their heart language. It's not speaking 
clearly to them. And so a lot of it is going to be um, figuring out how to break through some of those barriers of, of clear communication while understanding their cultural context and, and fitting into that. Um, Do they have the Bible in another language other than that high language it is translated into central thai now okay as well yeah. gotcha um, and so they do have that um okay. and that the royal thai would be i more extreme than in king james yeah. I mean, okay it's wow like a lot of a lot of the thai don't even understand the words right, right whereas right. in king james you got the these we, yeah we go through it slowly because it's not natural but right. we understand it. right Whereas, yeah, with the yeah. royal tie, they don't even understand it. Right. So with that description uh, of the state of the Thai church that you described, where Thailand would consider to be a reached country, mm-hmm. uh, many, many, probably thousands and thousands of what they would say to be churches, mm-hmm. but might not even have believers in them yeah. because of what they consider to be you know, the gospel and, and what they aren't free to speak up about because mm-hmm. they don't want to say no. They don't want to, they don't want to offend. Mm-hmm. They, they want to keep everybody on the happy and on the up and up. Yeah. So then, um, thousands of churches, but potentially they wouldn't even have believers in them. Would it, would that be a, a would that be a stretch or would that be an appropriate comment? Yeah, I think I think very appropriate, and I think okay. one aspect that I hadn't touched on was there's this other dynamic of um, where where the churches will just bring it will just adopt legalism um, because the 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 Buddhist tradition there's a lot of um, do's and don'ts mm-hmm. and and taboos and and so then when even if the gospel is understood they just adopt this legalism of, of taboos and things you do and don't do as a, as a Christian. And um, really depending on their own ability to keep the Christian faith. Um, and, Based on that legalism, yeah. what they've brought from uh, Buddhism, yeah. the list of do's and don'ts, yeah, that's, yeah. so they, yeah. in a sense, syncretized. Yeah you know yeah buddhist belief with, with christianity yeah right yeah. yeah and that's i mean that's a, a result of um evangelistic efforts driven by speed where we just go in and share the gospel right um yeah like with with their their world view of you do good things you receive good things uh a holy righteous perfect savior who comes and suffers and dies does not make sense. Mm-hmm. There's no way that someone that good would die that kind of death. So it it can't be true. Or he wasn't actually that good. He was right. you know a terrible person, and that's why he died that death. Right. Right. Um, right. Well, and if you don't have foundations of who God is and who man was created to be and who Satan is and what evil is and all those kinds of things, you hear the gospel, and it's really easy to um, come to misunderstandings. Like in the Quran, they believe that. God was a man and Satan was a woman and they had a child together. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you come and you talk about Jesus and they're assuming that Jesus is this child of God and Satan. And so um, I think one of the biggest things that we took away from training is just how important it is to understand the worldview of the people that um, we're going to be ministering with because we can... Communication is two-sided, right? You have to say, uh, speak a message, and it has to be received and understood by the other side. Mm-hmm. And so we can come in and speak the message, but if we don't understand where our recipient is coming from, then we don't know what we're communicating. And so um, we just really desire to go in with a posture of being learners. Mm-hmm. Um, because we grew up there, there's a lot we do understand about mm-hmm. the culture, and I, sure. we have a leg up in that regard, but there's still so many layers they think there and we just really desire to have a deeper understanding mm-hmm. so not only to be able to communicate effectively in the Thai language but also have a deeper understanding of their culture and where they're coming from as well so that we can communicate the gospel in the clearest way um, and also continue on with discipleship as mm-hmm. well yeah. yeah yeah so that speaks to what I wanted to ask as well <clears throat> um, specifically 
in light of where the Thai church is and you all getting a language study and then partnering with the church that God leads you guys to and equipping uh, that church and talk us through the potential of what that might look like. Um, and, and, you know, here's all these churches. Mm-hmm. This is what God's leading you guys to do. Uh, learning the language, understanding the culture, going in as learners, teaching foundationally mm-hmm. based on grace and the mm-hmm. finished work of Christ. Yeah. What, what potential? Um, talk to us a little bit about what the result my, I mean, you know, God knows. Yeah. So ultimately, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He already knows, actually. Yeah. And um, uh, our our thinking is limited. But yeah, what do you? What do yeah. you think? Uh, I th- a, b- a big part of that is um, it being in an honor and shame culture where there there is this hierarchy, there is this um, social and economic status that that people are given, people are born with. You can um, there's a scribed honor and shame that you're born with and then there's achieved as well where you're working hard and you're receiving degrees and education and that type of thing and and that that affects really your sphere of influence and so um a lot of the tribal people in thailand have have been evangelized and there's churches established there um but their sphere of influence is limited to their surrounding people groups um some most of the time not even cross-culturally um, but surrounding villages of the same people group I mean it's very limited to that whereas the Thai the Thai people the Thai church would be at the top of that social economic status where um, and so from that standpoint already their potential for impact is much greater than than say a tribal church um, but then what um, has happened uh, in the last really 20 years or so is the younger generation um, that live in these tribal locations where there's no electricity, no running water, they uh, receive an ed- education, like a sixth grade education, and then they move move to the cities to work. Mm-hmm. Um, that's mm-hmm. where the money is at. And so they, these, these tribal people, are, young tribal people are moving to the cities. Um, and if they're coming from a um, a tribal group that has been evangelized where there is a church they'll begin attending a Thai church and so a lot of these Thai speaking churches in the cities are made up of tribal people um, mm-hmm. 20 different tribal people represented in these churches um, and so then the the direct impact where these um, these tribal people that have come to the cities for work, um, they have the potential of going back home and, and back to their tribe, back to, to their, their tribe, village, and 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 um, being an impact in there. If there's a church there, mm-hmm. um, discipling and training and and establishing their the church that they've mm-hmm. come from. Mm-hmm. If there's no church in the village that they're from, you know, planning a church, and so again, they're not personally aren't going cross-cultural but that Mm -hmm. training and equipping is occurring in the thai church Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. um the the thai church um would have a greater impact in that uh there's a larger number of people that would be willing to go there for training um Mm -hmm. a tribal church that is established and equipped equipped to train leaders the the type of people aren't going to go there to receive training just right. because of you know they're not going to go learn from a, a tribal person right. and culturally that wouldn't right right and so yeah we just see the the Thai church is having this huge potential and we've seen it take place in the church that um, we're going to be a, attending there in Bangkok um, <laughs> where he he has a large sphere of influence and it, it's a it's a very good church, uh, very well established, and um, he's he's training up uh, one of Rachel's um, great friends, um, young friends who she grew up with. Um, her and her husband have moved um, to Bangkok, and okay. they are discipling this couple. And um, some of the results of that is this couple has then gone back to the tribal village and done 
VBS programs and, and um, helped to build up the, her home church um, in some yeah. ways too. Yeah. And I think beyond the logistics of how the tire position, they're definitely positioned to impact, but also just the, um, the difference that a grace-based foundationally taught church would be would be such a stark contrast to what is there because Mm -hmm. what you have is so many of the thai churches are steeped in legalism because they're coming out of buddhism so it's Mm -hmm. a list of do's and don'ts Mm -hmm. and so we go from you know karma to how do we appease god well that's not very appealing to the average thai person because they're buddhist and that they tend to be pretty devout they're very religious and they're pretty happy with where they're at in Mm -hmm. life generally you know this is totally generally speaking so then another religion isn't necessarily appealing to them. But I think if you have a church that is grounded in grace and it's about that relationship with God mm-hmm. um, and, and more than a religion, that's going to be appealing yeah. to, uh, to a Buddhist, someone who is coming from Buddhism. Right. Um, and so even just the content of what, what would be in that church would be um, definitely positioned to impact as well yeah and languages play a part of it too the potential of the thai church having a great impact um in southeast asia there's what is there like 300 and some different people groups um all speaking completely different languages but of those 300 some people groups 500 there's there's 500 yeah 500 unreached and um there's five language families that all of these languages stem off of. And so within those language families, you're going to have similar language structure, grammatical structure. Mm -hmm. Um, They're not going to be able to understand each other, but um, like if you learn a language in one language family and then you go to another Mm -hmm. language in that same family, you're going to very quickly be able to substitute words. And Mm -hmm. as you're learning a new vocabulary, you're you're putting them in the same grammatical um, sentence structure and, and and things like that, and so you're able to go from one language to the next. I mean, relatively quickly in right. that, and so and that works the reverse too, where most people in Southeast Asia they speak their heart language if they're tribal, but then they speak a language of wider communication. So in Thailand, that's Central Thai. Um, everyone's all education, all government work, everything is done in Central Thai. So everybody speaks Central Thai, even if they're um, if they're a tribal person that have come to the city, they're going to learn and speak um, Central Thai. Mm-hmm. And so, when the with Ethnos three hundred and sixty, there's a great value in sharing the gospel and communicating in someone's heart language because that's what they're going to understand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, over the last. 20 years as technology and people moving around and stuff that heart language begins begins to be blurred where mm-hmm. a lot of these tribal people are spending um, more of their time in this language of wider communication there's and so there's there's a lot of people in in Thailand tribal people that are coming from a different language that that you can communi- clearly communicate the gospel and God's word in Thai, and then they're able to take it back to their own language mm. groups because um, of these languages um, and, and how they're interconnected and people, everybody mm. now knows at least two languages there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's an aspect yeah. of the church having the potential of impact yeah, that's, as well. That's tremendous, and that that's exciting to me to you know think about reaching, having a church, like what you're saying, is going to be established on grace, established Mm -hmm. by the true gospel, uh, faith and faith alone, Mm -hmm. finished work of Christ, and then building from there, and um, and a life, you know, lived in light of that, that is not there, and uh, just being able to, you know, many times we hear that people uh, come here for good teaching. You know, mm-hmm. FBC has the reputation, you know, as, as a teaching church, and every mm-hmm. church has a its different reputation, and, that, and that, that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, for there to be a church there, wherever specifically God lands you all, and that it develops the reputation that of its, of mm-hmm. its teaching, yeah. and, um, yeah. and the, the core essentials of God, mm-hmm. and 
the finished work of Christ and all the totality of what is, you know, encompassed in that. And then that can just be, yeah, you know, we can't even, we can try to articulate what that yeah. vision might look like and what that potential could be. But yeah, we, we can, that's, that, that's, that's very exciting. In, in all aspects. I could sit and talk about it all day. But <laughs> our listener probably shut us off. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want to do that. Um, I wanted to uh, ask a couple more things. Um, let's kind of circle. We spent a good bit of time talking about, you know, in Thailand and, 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 and over there, uh, your family backgrounds and the state of the church and potential for impact and things. So let's come back here, uh, FBC side. You're still here, and so um, let me ask you this: Why do you need a team of people from FBC, and why do you need a team team of people stateside to be continually involved with you while you're there? Well, I think it's it's biblical. First of all, um, we're just so aware that we can't do this on our own. Um, and we need the body of Christ, and God has placed us here in FBC, and we consider this to be our body, our family. Um, and so that's really exciting to us. Um, we've learned that we're dependent, and that's, and that's a good thing. And we're also really excited about the opportunities that people have to partner with us um, because not everybody's able to go, and, and yet they can be a part of what God is doing across the world. Um, by keeping up with us and um, partnering us in various ways. And so, um, yeah, we're just really honored um, to be a part of that. And um, we're so blessed this year has been awesome. Like going into it, we were um, kind of nervous about it and we, we knew God was gonna work, but we didn't really know how. And then being on this end of it has just been really cool just to see how God has provided through um, the body here and just different people reaching out and one of the things that Joel and I were just talking about this morning and we had um, Skyped with some of our friends who are in Vietnam last night and they said one of the things that has been difficult is um, not difficult but one of the one of the needs that they see is just people pursuing them um, they're um, knee-deep in language study right now and and it's hard work and it's emotionally exhausting and so what they said was really important it was having people back home reaching out mm. and and mm. initiating conversation asking questions and just pursuing them in that way and um it just reminded us of this year it's kind of a weird a weird thing just to be in a place for a year because everybody has their established communities they have their friendships mm -hmm. they have their routine people are busy and so coming into that for a year can be hard to kind of break through mm -hmm. those things but we've really been blessed in the fact that um people have pursued us and have invited us into friendships knowing that it's going to be you know we're just here for a year and that hasn't been a barrier for a lot of people and so we just feel really blessed and want to just say thank you to those mm. to those of you that have invested in our lives whether that's through prayer or giving generously or talking about homeschool or just asking us questions um well one thing that's been really encouraging to me to both of us was coming into this year um, we were really hoping to have kind of a, a couple come alongside of us and just um ask us questions and invest in our lives and kind of build that with a long-term goal mm -hmm. of continuing that. Because I mean, marriage can be hard, parenting can be hard, life is hard. And um, it's just helpful to have a consistent person or people in your life that are able to um, come alongside you in those things. And so um, we're kind of praying through those things. And um, I, I thought of John and Diane because they've been instrumental in our life just through like the counseling class mm. and stuff in the past. And I was like, oh, they're so busy. That's never going to happen. And I didn't I didn't even pray about it. I didn't even I don't know if I even talked to Joel about it. It was just kind of like this oh. idea. And I was like, no, they're they're too busy. And, mm. and they probably don't care that much about us. <laughs> and then through Joel's internship, one of the things that we were able to do was meet with John and Diane and um, go through the pillars class. And that was um such a blessing to me that they cared and that god cared um that he specifically answered that um request not it wasn't even a request that <laughs> that desire in that way and um and there's so many stories i could tell like that where god just has met us um and so 
yeah, I hope I hope that answers your question yeah. of yeah, we we just we need those types of things because we we are weak, we are dependent um, ultimately on the Lord, but mm-hmm. also He He meets our needs through His body, and we've just seen that really clearly. And we realized too that even though we grew up over there, I mean, it's been how many years since I lived? I came back in two thousand six <laughs> um, when I graduated high school, and so that's. 14 years uh, without, you know, that since I've lived there. And right. so I'm realizing, too, that it, there's going to be culture shock mm-hmm. going back, and there's going to be um, missing family, missing what's been familiar. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's Rachel's dad was telling us um, and cautioning us and just letting us know, too, that every every missionary at one at some point or another will reach a point where they they want to quit mm-hmm. um, and he would he was guessing somewhere between one and five years of being there some people was you know a little bit later and stuff but just kind of reaching the point like what am I even doing here what um, where ministry is discouraging and relationships are discouraging mm-hmm. you just don't feel like it's getting anywhere and you don't feel like anything is happening um, and that's where the church body here is going to be key and the communication is going to be key just to to be that encouragement to us um, that it is worthwhile and and helping us and and helping us walk through decisions and stuff and that's why I appreciate um, you guys in the in the missions committee just the involvement to you know walk through yeah it might come to a point where okay this people aren't hungry here we need to move there there are those types mm-hmm. of uh, of decisions that need to be made but i want those to de- those decisions to come from um, a following of the lord's leading not just this is hard and i want to move on and do something different mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and so that's where um, long-term relationships and prayer and encouragement and support is going to be is going to be key is 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 keeping us over there and keeping us because um, we're in in this for the long haul, we've seen um, the damage that is done by um, just a, a gospel driven by speed going in and share right. the gospel and splitting. Right. You know, it's right. there needs to be foundations built. There needs to be discipleship and establishing unto maturity, so that they are then reproducing and they right. are they are carrying on the work of the ministry. Yeah. And that God didn't do it in our hearts overnight, and He's not going to do it in their hearts overnight either. Right. Right. Yeah, that's um, we view you all as you know extension of our family. You know, like like you said, we are a family and we are a body. You know, the local mm-hmm. body of Christ here at FBC. And um, I can't remember what cartoon it was, but one of the guys was able to like make his arm go a long ways, or his hand like went a long ways, like he could grab things. Space Jam. I don't. I don't uh-huh. remember. What it was. <laughs> Anyways. So we're a body, and like you're gonna go in in Asia and Thailand, mm-hmm. but we're still connected. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to uh, remember that, and we have to uh, uh, just keep that in the forefront of our mind. So, uh, specific questions, and I hear you saying from so from us as our body here at FBC, don't hesitate to reach out to you all mm-hmm. don't don't let us have the mindset oh you know joe and rachel they're really busy they're they're immersed in language study i don't want to bother them mm-hmm. you're telling us don't think that way please yeah. do yeah. please reach out yeah. yeah please reach out yeah okay so that's a note to me mm-hmm. you know i was one of the missions yeah. pastors you know, <laughs> that might thought might cross my mind yeah, yeah. and it's a note to our church as mm-hmm. well yeah. and so um how will you guys be communicating with us because uh, we want you to communicate with us mm-hmm. and then um, uh, what's going to be the best way for us to reach out and to communicate with you mm-hmm. you know it's just how for our listeners and for our church here so that we what's the best way to do it yeah so um, in general we send out an update um, every couple months um, which is with what's going on and that might become more frequent as we have more exciting stories um, but yeah, so that's just kind of like generally we'll kind of keep people in the loop. And um, 
if you're not already signed up for that, um, we have a link. I think it was um, linked on the last podcast. Maybe we can link it to this one too. But um, you can sign up for our, our update. So that'll just kind of keep you generally informed. But then um, email is a great way. Shoot us an email um, if you want to know more specifics of um, how you can be praying or have specific questions about the Thai church. We'd love for people to um, catch the vision and be excited about what's going on there. So even if um, you know you want to ask about specific people that we highlight or um, different things like that or about our kids, that kind of thing, email would probably be best. And then from there we could set up, um, we'll probably have WhatsApp um, in Thailand so we can do texting via that. And then um, yeah, we could set up Skype calls or FaceTime or um, whatever if you know if there were a uh, need for face-to-face kind of thing but yeah I think email would be the the starter place mm-hmm. and um, yeah our emails are just first name underscore last name at ntm.org would be the best way okay to reach and us. people can specifically uh, sign up to receive your your newsletter your updates. Mm-hmm. yeah and there's updates. a yeah. there's a link okay, to that good. at fbcva.life yep. under the missions yeah, yeah. there's a link to that yeah mm-hmm. Very good. Um, I also wanted to mention that we are going to be having a couple meet and greets uh, here coming up just to give people in the congregation the opportunity to talk and to visit with you all. Um, Everybody's busy, Mm -hmm. as we know. So on February the 9th, February 23rd, and then March the 1st, we're going to have three those three different dates after the second service we're going to be having a meet and greet in the hospitality suite and so that'll be an opportunity if you're thinking in your mind boy i just would like to talk uh and visit some you know with with these guys uh maybe ask specific questions that we haven't had answered in whatever Mm -hmm. venue that we've already talked about and presented you guys Um, so please make a note of those dates. It's going to be at 12.15 following the second service. Um, and there will be just some light, uh, light finger food. So that's an opportunity for people to um, spend time with you all mm-hmm. uh, uh, before you before you head out. Mm-hmm. And then also, like you mentioned, the, uh, the website as well. And so I just wanted to highlight that uh, in addition, that that's an opportunity for people to go and to read more there there's a video that mm-hmm. you guys have put together mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you guys are sharing that people you guys could watch that video and then there's an opportunity there for uh, our congregation to specifically give uh, to you all i know that you guys have uh, one-time needs and then you also have you know the need for you know monthly support so on that link there, uh, fbcva.life, Global Missions, you'll see these guys, and there's an opportunity to specifically uh, give either uh, one time or monthly, if God were able to uh, make that possible. Mm-hmm. Also, there's specific prayer requests that you all have put up there, mm-hmm. and uh, so that's, that's, again, another place for uh, communication. Mm-hmm. So in the next number of weeks month or two uh stay tuned because there's going to be opportunities to to meet more and and continue to get more information to circle back around to the very beginning as we wrap up uh this this time together what do you think um like like i know going is dependent upon percentage of support Mm -hmm. raised so where is that what do you think uh, when do you think you might go? Uh, when do you think you might buy plane tickets? When do you think you might actually get the visas? Just a little bit, little as we wrap up, some specifics there. Yeah. Um, so we will wait to apply for visas until we have plane tickets, and the plane tickets we ch- purchase will probably be about it'll be under sixty days out. So once we reach reach the support level of seventy five percent that in ethnos 360 gives us the green light to go then the t- the plane tickets will be less than 60 days out maybe between 30 and 60 days out and we'll during that time we'll apply for the visas and stuff and so i mean right now we're kind of thinking sometime in march okay um and yeah i mean that's just 
that's what we're trusting the Lord right. for. And if he moves it farther and farther, sure. Well, right. see what he does with that. Right. So, yeah. 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 All that any of us want is what God wants. Yeah. I think that's a fundamental principle mm-hmm. that, that God's landed us on for which I'm very thankful. Yeah. Um, so where are you? You mentioned the 75% mark. Where are you with that percentage? Um, I got to connect with uh, John Van Drunen okay. more. Um, there's, we, yeah, we've had a bunch of support come in since the last podcast we've done. Okay. Um, we should keep having podcasts in. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I got to yeah. check to see which, um, what, what of that is monthly and what of it is a one-time gift so I can mm-hmm. put it in the right categories and stuff. But we're somewhere between um, 60 and 70%. Okay. Yeah. Close. Yeah. 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 Great. Yeah. And just for the listeners, a one-time gifts is just, you know, setting up house and setting up shop, so to speak. You know, when imagine, um, you know, no car, no furniture, mm-hmm. no anything that, you know, those one-time gifts are needed yeah. Yeah, absolutely. because obviously it takes, it takes some, some money yeah. to, uh, get things going mm-hmm. in the setup. So that's, that's yeah. what those one-time gifts are, are, are going to be used for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I had two final questions. And so how big are the cockroaches in Bangkok? <laughs> we'll let you know. We'll send pictures. We can communicate <laughs> and let us know. And then uh, how big are the rats? The rats. Um, bigger than a cat. cat. Bigger than the co- picture of a cat? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Cockroaches, a couple inches long. can hear them walking. Oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, thank you all being with us anything else you'd like to share just as always thank you guys um we couldn't do this without you and we're really really thankful yeah yeah appreciate everybody who's already um, praying for us and we've just been encouraged so often as we're um, coming here sundays and just people coming up to us and you know hey just so you know i'm praying for you and yeah people that Mm -hmm. we don't even interact with on a regular basis um Mm-hmm. just reading our the updates that we've sent out and just letting us know that they're praying for us. And that's just been a real, real encouragement to us. Um, yeah. As we're preparing to go and knowing that we'll have that, that support and that base while, yeah. when we're over there. So, yeah, that's great. Well, mm-hmm. we love you guys and we're excited and look forward to the years ahead of, of what that's all going to look like and, going to visit you and you guys coming back in here and sharing with us so yeah thanks thanks for joining us and uh, have a great rest of the day take care